Welcome to another inspirational teaching from Faith Family Church. For more information about our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv. God's good, amen? And all the time, I <sighs> just feel better hearing that, saying that, receiving that. Our God is a good God, and I'm super excited that I get to share on Mother's Day. And the greatest thing about Mother's Day this year is that I'm the gift. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Now, I just want to say a special thank you to the two most important women of my life, that lady right there, Pastor Donna. Just to give her a round of applause. I am who I am because she has been such a strong cornerstone in my life. The amazing thing is I saw what I wanted in a wife when I saw my mother, and I found that, and even more perfect for me is my wife, Nicole. And I just want to give her all the honor that's due. She has made me a father of three, and I am blessed beyond measure, so thank you so much. And you have... uh, she helps me to be a better me, better version of me, so thank you. Um, I'm super excited to be able to share with you guys about Mother's Day, and I feel that in, in, a, in a grand scheme of things, the enemy has attacked women in particular, and society, and what society has done is we've taken uh, attributes that all women are given by God to mother Some can smother, but mainly it's to mother people. And society has kind of taken away from some women, if if you're not a biological mother, you don't get to celebrate Mother's Day. But that's just not fair and it's not right because some women have been better mothers than people's biological mother. Some mothers have fallen short of being good mothers but they probably did the best that they could with what they knew. Some mothers probably hit it out of the park, and you were able to impart not only to your kids, but other kids that came over to the house and got to see you in action, got to see what it's like for unconditional love of a mother. And I just want to talk today and share with you guys a little bit on a biblical perspective of motherhood and what it's about. So to do that, we're going to turn in Genesis chapter 3, and I'm just going to jump right in, okay? It says uh, right here, Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman answered the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, God has said you must not eat it, Eat of it or touch it or you will die. You will not surely die, the serpent told her. You're not going to die. For God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eyes and that it was desirable for obtaining wisdom, she took the fruit and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. And the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked. So they sewed fig together fig leaves and made coverings for themselves. 
Have you ever seen somebody that's the first day on the job? And you could just tell, oh, what do they say? They're green. They're a rookie. You could tell Adam and Eve were not used to seeing each other naked because they're like, whoa, you're naked. Best idea they had, let's get leaves. I don't know about you, but leaves can be sappy. They can be sticky. And they don't hold up well. They were rookies. They were novices at this. Why did they get themselves in this position? Because they desired wisdom and knowledge. And I want to share with you guys something. Some people want wisdom and knowledge and go about it the wrong way. You know, the Bible says to ask God anything, and he will give liberty, liberally to anything you ask. He was not in the business of withholding. He was actually in the business of giving him a life to the full but the devil came in, the serpent came in and said, oh, he didn't really want that. God's insecure. How many of us have had thoughts of, well, the Bible says to do this, but we're like, God just doesn't want us to have fun. Perfect example. I love my family, and I think God has given, there's certain things I won't say, you know, it's personal, but other things we're going to share because we're faith family. Don't worry, it's not about you. <laughs> my wife's like, whoa, Noah, it's not about you either. We do not let my son Jack, who's 18 months old, this month he'll be 19 months old, we do not let Jack open the drawers in the kitchen. He thinks we just don't want him to have a good time. But Jack is determined. Every time we turn our backs, he's like, and you see him run like this, and he's going to open the drawers in the kitchen. Yesterday, he decided he's going to open the drawer in the kitchen, and this all happened within like 10 seconds. I don't want to hear people be like, you're not watching your kid. You didn't watch your kid 24-7. I don't watch my kid 24-7. We're going to stop there. So Jack opens the drawer, and he grabs the can opener, and it's an electric can opener. It just starts spinning on its own. He hit the button, and he cut his finger. And it was, ah! I mean, it was crazy how loud it was. We thought he was dying. And it was so sad because he pinched his finger, and then it cut. And... Jack now realizes, I should not open the drawers in the kitchen. They will bite me. <laughs> they will do so something was wrong. And now he's like, I don't even know if I want to go in the kitchen. See, mom and dad weren't being mean so that he doesn't have fun. We were being firm with him so he has more fun. Because guess what? Then we put a Band-Aid on his finger. And he's, like, ah! he's like, he thought the Band-Aid was going to kill him. You know? He's like, get it off, get it off. And he wouldn't keep a Band-Aid on it. And then I told Nicole, this was the Holy Spirit. I said, Nicole, get me a Band-Aid and put it on my finger. So I got a Band-Aid. I put it on my finger, the same finger. I go, look, boo-boo. And he goes, boo-boo. And I go, kiss it. And he kisses it. And then I kiss his finger. And then we got over the kitchen incident in May of 2022. And it was so awesome that we were finally through it because it was trying and sometimes what happens when we miss it, when we separate ourselves from the position of God or his position, what does it say right here? It said they realized that they were naked and they sewed fig trees together, right? Fig leaves, yeah, the leaves. The fig trees, they're really strong back then. They had really good vegetables and vitamins. <laughs> anyway, they sewed the fig leaves together. Then the man and his wife heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the breeze of the day, and they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among them. 
among the trees of the garden. What do we do when we don't do what God tells us to do and we fall and we miss it? We miss the mark. Most of us run away. See, they knew or they thought they knew how to make clothes, but they didn't know how to make clothes. And God was coming there looking for them and when he was looking for them, they were hiding from him. You might say, what does this have to do with Mother's Day? Because a lot of us in here miss the mark and run from the people that are most qualified to help us, our mothers. And what makes them most qualified to help us? God. You might say, well, what, is, what, is, what, is, what do you mean mothers are the most qualified? Another example of my family. Last night, Jack woke up in the middle of the night screaming. I was like, well, Jack, come on. I got to do a message tomorrow, man. I'm like, and it's my birthday weekend. This is not cool, you know? And I'm just like, everybody thinks I'm joking, but I was hoping he would get it. You know how you talk to things, hoping that you talk to your animal when your animal's not doing it. Sometimes you talk to your little 18-month-old, like, please help me. And he was screaming and screaming and crying. And I was like, it's okay, it's okay. And it was not okay. And he let me know, it is not okay, Dad. And then Nicole, she just looks at him so motherly. And she goes, Jack, it's okay. And he's like, no, it's not. You know, like if he would talk, that's what he would be saying. He was screaming louder and louder and louder. And she's like, Jack, it's okay. And she grabbed him and smothered him. No, she didn't smother him. <laughs> she pulled him in so tight. I'm like, I don't think he can breathe. She's like, he's fine. And this peace and calm came over Jack. And what was a hopeless situation just turned into a beautiful situation where a mother comforted her child that the child didn't even want comfort, but he got comfort. Some of you in here today don't want comfort from God. You're satisfied with where you are in life. You don't want to go to God. You're fine your way, and that's okay. But let me tell you something. Jack was fine pushing us away, but when he finally caved in and received that gift, that hug, that nourishment from his mom, peace came. Some of us don't want the peace that God offers. It's okay. You have the right. God gave you a will. You can be that person. But I tell you this, there's a better way. You might not realize, and you know what? I don't know what it is about a mom hugging a baby. I could, I could hug Jack the same way. I could whisper and say the exact same thing that my wife says. And Jack will let me know, you're not mommy. And it reminds me, I don't know if you guys grew up in church. I grew up in church, and I'm kind of going off my notes, but it's okay. There's this story in the Bible of the seven sons of Sceva. And they watched the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He was passionate about sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. And they saw this guy Paul cast out demons from a guy. And they're like, wow, that's cool. 
kind of like when you see, when you're a kid, you see a Superman movie or you see a Batman movie and you go out and you get a blanket and you wrap it around your neck and you're like, I'm Superman, but you're not really Superman. So all of a sudden they go up to this guy who's demon-possessed and he's unruly, he's aggressive, he's abusive, he's physically violent, and they said the exact same thing that Paul said. Paul said, I exercise you in the name of Jesus Christ, the demons left. They said, we exercise you in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. Same words, same phrase. And do you know what the demon said? Jesus we know, and Paul we know, but who are you? And the demon was offended at him. That they, you're saying the name, we don't know you like that. You don't, you don't know Jesus like that. And literally, the man beat up the seven brothers stripped them naked to where they were running through the street. Can you, I just, can you imagine? You know, we see some crazy stuff in South Florida. I have never seen one guy beat down seven men, strip them naked, and chase them through the street. That would be even a new one for Florida, because Florida can get crazy, right? So literally, Jack had the same similar response. You're not mommy. <laughs> I know mommy's voice. That's not mommy's voice. You know, and, and he beat me, and he, no, I'm just kidding, <laughs> he didn't, but he, <laughs> it was tough. But there's something about the voice of a mother. I'm going to keep reading. You guys getting this, tracking with me? But the Lord called out to the man, where are you? And then Adam says this, I heard your voice in the garden, he replied, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. Look at God's response. Who told you you were naked? Asked the Lord God. Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? And the man answered, this is so funny. Adam, this was not his best. best and it was probably one of his worst. He sinned against his God, and then he blamed his wife. To God. Like, you just don't get worse, you know. How are you walking out of the garden like, hey, we cool, babe? <laughs> it's like, I just, I just threw you under the bus. Not in front of anybody. Just God Almighty, the creator of the universe. It's it's her fault, and it's your fault, God, because you gave her to me. <laughs> this is the guy's logic who got the leaves, and like, these will be great, okay? So you guys tracking with this, okay? And the man answered, the woman you gave me, she gave me the fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what? And no, he didn't. He said, well, what is this you have done? Sometimes as parents, we can overreact. Look what happened here. The decisions that Adam and Eve made, Adam really made, caused humanity to be completely divorced from God. And how did God handle it? The actions that they gave completely caused the dynamic to change toward Jesus Christ, God the, the Word, the Word of God, the Son of God, would have to come physically die because of the actions that they just did. And he's not yelling at them. He's not screaming at them. Look what you did. I have to kill my son. My son has to die now because of what you did. He didn't do it. How did he handle it? The Lord said to the woman, and the woman replied, the serpent deceived me. She replied, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and every beast of the field. 
on your belly you will go, and the dust you will eat all the days of your life. It's interesting that science has proven that snakes at one point had legs. But as a species, they were completely cursed. And now the entire species, because what they did, the enmity that they caused between God and man from deceiving the woman, the root issue was the serpent. He cursed the species, but he kept his cool. It's so important for parents to keep your cool. You guys getting this? 15, it says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. This is where God's literally talking about Jesus. It's not the seed of a woman, it's the seed of a man. But God's literally prophetically speaking, you know, several thousand years from now, I'm going to get my kids back. It says, he will crush your head, that's through Jesus on the cross, and I will strike his heel. Jesus' heels were bruised on the cross. I will sharply increase your pain in childbirth. In pain you will bring forth children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. And to Adam he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I have commanded you not to eat, cursed is the ground because of you. Through toil you will eat all the days of your life. I'm going to stop there for one second. The curse of the fall, and here's where men and women have the two major problems in life. You might say, what is that? I will answer you right now. Most women seek their identity as they got to have a man. They got to have a man. And sometimes their plan is that they will change the man to be the man that they want him to be because they don't want to be alone. That's part of the curse of the fall. That's not God's plan. The curse, the men. Men, one of the biggest things that men deal with is we get our identity from our job. Instead of Adam getting his identity that I'm made in the image and likeness of God, his identity came in his work. And what happens is that most men when they feel inadequate at work, that they're not where they should be in work, that they're not where they should be at this time in their life, they have a plan, what happens is they feel discredited, they feel unqualified, they don't feel worthy, and then what do they do? They take it home and they blame the woman you gave me. And how many people get divorced? How many men divorce their wives because she's just ungrateful? If I had a grateful wife, she would cause me to do so much better at work. I wouldn't take all this baggage at home. Nobody knows anybody like that? And for the woman, the woman, she, her identity becomes that I have to have a man, I have to make it look like we're happy, even if we're not happy, and we're going to take the best pictures, and everybody's going to like us on Facebook, and we're going to take 20 pictures. Listen, me and my wife take a lot of pictures because I have hard angles, okay? That's the reason. I have hard angles to, you know, <laughs> we got to take the best picture. <laughs> but I promise we're happy. <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> happy birthday to me. No. But so many women. And when you talk to the friends, how are you? I'm great. Oh, we're so great. We're so great. And what do we do? We're going to start buying everything we can to make it look how happy we are. Because money answers all things. No, money doesn't answer all things. It can answer all things, but your heart will never be happy unless you're doing it God's way. What does this have to do with Mother's Day? I'm getting to it. Are you tracking with me? Are you seeing that the 
the, the fall of man caused man. God originally made Adam and Eve to rule and have dominion together in the garden forever. And because of the actions of Adam and Eve, they went like this. And so many times you can be with somebody you love so much and you go like this. And some people are like, how did we get this way? I'll tell you how. Your identity became in what you were doing or what you needed people to think you had and not who you are in Christ Jesus. <sighs> Both thorns, verse 18, and thistles that will yield for you and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow you will eat your bread until you return to the ground because out of it you were taken for dust you are and the dust you shall return. He got a little firmer with him. Now we get to the mothers. Genesis 3, it says, Then Adam called his wife's name Eve. Now listen to this. When God brought Eve in the garden, he called her woman. But after they're out of the garden, he calls her by a new name. It's almost like a, a pet name. Like me and Nicole, she's been my baby girl always. And now when Kaylee came here, Kaylee's like, I want to be your baby girl. And I was like, I can't have two baby girls. And I'm like, okay, mommy's the original baby girl. You're the new baby girl, you know. Mommy signed off on it. <laughs> mommy's the OG, you know. Kaylee, learn your place, girl. Mama, this is mama's house. Girls be fighting for that. Be careful. Genesis 3.20 says, And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Now, it's interesting, you think when you read that, you think that she had kids, but she didn't, because in Genesis 4, it says this, now Adam knew, biblically knew Eve, his wife, knew everything, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord, and Adam knew his wife Eve and bore Cain, then later Abel. She was called the mother of all living without ever being a mother, and society we want to take the God-given things that God gave Adam and Eve to rule together. There's things that God puts in a woman that men don't have. Jack can attest to it. You know, I put Jack on my chest. It's not as hard as it used to be, but it's way harder than mama's chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, hear that? Facebook. No, I'm just kidding. There's things, there's biological things that men just don't have that women have. Women are naturally softer. When I hold my wife's hands, I'm like, oh, that's nice and soft. I don't want to hold a hard, callous hand like my hands. You know, I don't want to hold a man's hand. I want to hold my wife's hands. It's soft. It's, it's like, how you doing? You know, it gets me excited. She's softer. She's curvier. You know, the Bible says that God made Adam out of the dust. He literally, like, squeezed us out, and we're like, all right, we're ready. But the Bible says that God formed the woman, took his time to where Adam's like, whoo, man. It's a Bible joke. You can laugh. It's okay. I'll say it forever until Jesus comes. But he literally formed the woman. There's literally things in a woman that are not in men. And society-wise, we've literally said, you're not a woman. And, and this was said to my wife before she had a child, when she was pregnant even. You're not, you haven't had the baby yet. And it crushed her. 
and so many women get crushed. What if they can't have kids? And I can't celebrate this day for mothers, but I am motherly. I have a desire to, to be there for people. And we as a society, we've shortchanged ourselves. We're like, oh, you're not a real mom. What does it mean to be a real mom? A person needs a woman's touch, encouraging them. You know, the Bible says this. It said, heed the instruction of the father, but remember the teachings of the mother. The woman's role is such a major role. And then society, the woman is to teach you how to live, teach you. And for women, if your mom was there, if she was on point, it's like, this is how a man needs to treat you. You might say, well, my mom wasn't that way. And there's no judgment or condemnation. I'm not in here talking about how bad moms were or how good they were. I'm here talking about what God put in every woman you can mother without having a biological child. Perfect example, my family again. I like, at least I'm not talking about anybody else. It's my family, right? Kaylee has such a way with Jack. I've never seen it just naturally. What do girls want to do? Want to play with the dolls. What do they want to do? Oh, and Kaylee has like 50 babies, and she loves them all the same. And then when Jack comes, she's like, oh, Jack. The only thing she doesn't do is change the diaper. She's like, Dad, I'm drawing the line. I'm not changing the diaper. I was like, we will one day, girl. Better practice now. She's, she, ain't, she ain't about that life. But everything else, Jack cries. Oh, Jack, she'll stop what she's doing. She'll come and she'll comfort, and Jack's like, he'll see Kaylee. He'll see her, and he just knows that's a similar comfort that mommy gives me. And he will grab her hand and literally walk her in the room and shut the door like Kaylee's mine right now. Why? Because she cares for him. Her voice is softer. She nurtures him. She, he feels safe with her. Now, here's the interesting thing. Women, don't you mess with a cub. You'll see mama bear come out. But let me tell you something. You know what gets a guy crazy? When he sees mama's mad at something, the guy's like, all right, we're fighting. And then the true protective nature of the father comes out. We're kind of like a pack of lions. Most men, for the most part, are not involved in their child's life. And it's sad. Most men expect the mom to, well, I have to work. Or even if you work and she works, they're like, well, you're a woman. You've got to do this. God didn't call women to be maids. He didn't call women to be second-class citizens. He called women to rule alongside Adam. He called Eve to rule alongside Adam. And it was better for Adam when Eve was there. You know, God says it's not good that Man should be alone. And he pulled out of Adam, Eve. And because he did, they messed up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just seeing if you guys are listening. You are. Thank you. <laughs> oh. Motherhood is not limited to just being a mom. But it's an attribute of a woman. I'm not saying that the attribute of a woman is this, to be the maid at home. And I am not saying that a woman is second class. Jesus died for mankind, which is made up of two distinct differences. 
male and female. What do moms do that dads can't do as well? Speak the truth. Say things that nobody else could say to you. And because mom said it, you're going to receive it. I know, my mom. Mothers have a way of saying things that if any other person told you that, you'd be offended, you might fight back, you might physically hit them, but mom said it. Is it just my mom or you had people in your life like that? (laughs) Mothers say no. A mother can say no like nobody else's business. What do dads do? Like, talk to your mom. (laughs) We don't want to be the bad guy. Mom will be like, no. And mom's not afraid of being the bad guy because she's, no, when you're hurt, you're going to come crying to me. I know you ain't going to go crying to your dad, so you better listen. (laughs) Is this true? Yeah. Moms are not afraid to say no. They're not afraid of what you think of them or if you're offended at them. Why? It's a motherly nature because moms care about you more than you care about you. Right? Judges 5, 6 through 7, this is about Deborah. She was the only female judge in Israel, in the history of Israel, and she rose up because men were sitting down. And because man or men were sitting down, she rose up, and this is what she said. The highways were deserted, and the travelers walked along the byways. Village life ceased. This is Judges 5, 6, or 7. Village life ceased, and it ceased in Israel until I, this is just, you could just imagine, this is girl power right here, until I got here. Until I, Deborah, rose, I arose the mother of Israel. She's like, I literally became the mother of Israel to get these men to get up off their butts and start leading the life that they should. And she led them into battle. She was fearless. One of the generals, if you read the book of Judges, I encourage you, one of the generals, she's like, God gave you this victory. Go out and get him. And you know what he said? Mommy, I'm not going to do it unless you come with me. He literally said, I'm not going to do it unless you come into battle with me. And you know what she said? Just like a motherly figure. Guess what? I'm going to go with you, but you're not going to get any glory. The glory is going to go to another woman. Why? Because she stood up. She became the mother to Israel. And she didn't have any kids. She became a mother to people who needed a mother. You women in here. Be the mother that people need you to be. Society needs you to be. Don't just say like, oh, well, these are my kids. You have gifts. You have love in your heart to spare. And that's the truth. Just as God died or sent Jesus to die for the world, you love the neighborhood kid who you know he's got it rough. You bring him with you. You bring him into your family. You show them this is what a family looks like. And you be the, the, the surrogate family for him and show them this is what love is. And guess what? We love you. He's going to be like, why do you love me? Because it's in me. Why does God love the world? Because it's in him. I think my preaching deserves more than one amen. Come on, guys. <laughs> A little self-conscious here. I want to talk about some of the women. You're like, I've never been able to have kids. I don't even know if I want kids. Guess what? You don't have to have kids if you don't want kids. But you do have to mother those around you. Your choice. You don't want kids? Who are we as a society to say, oh, well, God wants you to have kids. God wants you to mother. And this is, you might say, well, what, what scripture do you give, Chris? And I'll, I'll give you one from the Bible. Isaiah 54, 1 says this. 
Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. I am not taking anything away from a woman who's mothered, but I am not going to take everything away from a woman who's not mothered. God's calling you women to mother. God is literally saying in this scripture, women, rise up. Rise up. It's like that song he sings. Rise up. No, I'm not going to sing. <laughs> Deborah rose up when men were sitting. She was able to mother Israel, men of Israel, to rise up, take action, because she was made in the image of God. You know how she could get men to follow her? She was made in the image of God. She was doing things in the anointing that God had given her because she was a woman. And she was mothering a nation because God made her in his image. You say, what do you mean by that? <clears throat> Genesis 1, verse 26. And I want, before we read it, do you know that God displayed his attributes in mankind through men and women. There is a side of God you're going to see in men, and there is a side of God you're going to see in women. But together, society sees the whole picture of God. You guys get this? Genesis 1.26 is this. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his what? Own image. In the image of God, he created him. What? Male and female, he created him. What have we done as a society? Historically, women are second-class citizens. You know, societies that have put women down have been cold and heartless. Look at this history. Do you know that the Vikings and the Germanic people treated their women as equals? Like, you want to be equal? You can die with us on the battlefield. But they had an equal seat, and the Vikings ruled, conquered. They did terrible things. But as a society, they were much closer, and they were able to stand up to oppositions greater than themselves that outnumbered them sometimes 10 to 1. Why? Because everybody was involved. When you have mothers mothering, you get everybody involved. How many men come to church and don't raise your hand? How many men were here at church today because your wife was like, yo, only like I see it. We need to get to church. <laughs> Shh, Noah. All right, maybe I had an off day. It's my birthday. No. <laughs> Those of you who don't know, my son's like, yeah, mom made dad go to church today. No. <laughs> I work alone up here. How many of you know Jesus because of a mother or a grandmother or a lady who raised you? How many of you guys know Jesus at a level you never thought you could and saw the personal side of God instead of the religious side because you listened a woman who walked in her motherly role. 
You know, after this, it said male and female, he created them. And then it says this in verse 28. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. It doesn't say that he blessed Adam. It doesn't say that he just blessed just Eve. He blessed them together. You come here, babe. Calling her up, calling her out. Our life is better when we're together, and our children are better when we're together. <laughs> Learn that from you. <laughs> when you guys realize that there's an anointing of God on you to be blessed together, not blessed, she's not blessed because of me, and I'm not blessed because of her. We're blessed because God put a blessing on both of us to be together. And here's the cool thing. My wife's identity is not in she has a man. Her identity is in the man, Jesus Christ. My identity is not in what I do. It's who I serve, Jesus Christ. And when we both bring that home, we can go through anything. And I'm not saying that our life is so much easier than your life. I'm saying we have the same struggles. Jesus said, the storms of life are coming for you, and they're coming for the world. You're in the world, they're in the world, they're coming. Build your house on me, on my standard, and you'll both be standing when the storm leaves. And I encourage all of you today, stay standing on the rock so when the storm comes, you're still left standing. I hope you guys got something. Thank you so much. It's my birthday. I hope you guys got something out of today's message. I hope you guys understand how important you as women specifically are to our society especially to our church, with the people in your neighborhood. You know, I talked to some people about this, and Jesus says, go into the world and preach the gospel, and I'm going to close with this. Preaching is not what he was talking about, like us gathering together here. Preaching is living a lifestyle that because he's your Lord, people can see that he's your Lord. You put him first with the gifts and talents he's given you. Me as a father, I'm going to be a protector. Every time I'm watching kids, it's stressful because I'm, like, watching the kids. Some kids are at my house. I'm not just, like, I'm, like, watching. I'm like, I feel like I'm a guard dog or something because I don't want anything to happen. Some kids get this, like, idea. I'm going to run right in the road. There's cars coming, but I'm faster than a car. No, you're not. And I'll be like, stop. When Nicole has a bunch of kids in the house, I see this motherly instinct take over she's like we're going shopping we're going to buy all the kids something we're going to get some snacks and it's always going to be healthy snacks you know the kids they aren't known for coming over for carrots but they have at least have carrots no i'm just kidding <laughs> sorry no, i'm just kidding but they're going to come over she's going to have a good time she's going to cook with them she's going to bake with them she's going to have fun with them why because she's mothering we had a friend of ours their daughter came to our house and she stayed over for the whole weekend and what she said uh, when she went to her parents, she, they go, did you have fun? She goes, yes, Nicole treated me like a princess the whole weekend. Why? She wasn't our kid. 
She wasn't mommy's princess, but the mommy instinct came out and created a little princess. I hope you guys got something out of the day. I love you guys. I love you mothers. And listen, ladies in here, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. You see a woman, it's her day too, because God gave gifts to that woman to help mother somebody else and pay it forward. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father God, we come to you now in the name of Jesus. If there's anybody in here today that you've heard the message and you realize through the message, you know what? I don't know Jesus and I don't know God like I should. And there was a conviction on the inside. You know, I say, what does a mother's message have to do about serving God? You know what? I speak the word and the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin and of righteousness. If there's anyone in here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you don't know for sure, I'm not talking about, well, I've been going to church for 20 years or I've been going to church for this amount of time, so for sure I'm a Christian. I'm going to say this, it was told to me once. Just because you go to McDonald's doesn't make you a happy meal any more than going to church makes you a believer in Jesus Christ. If there's anybody in here and you want the opportunity to know that May 8th, 2022 is the day that you said Jesus Christ is my Lord. You believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. I want you to raise your hand. I'm not going to pull you down. I'm not going to pull you out. I'm not going to embarrass you at all. Is there anybody? All right. Everybody look at me now. People need the message that we have. People need to hear the gospel, the good news that what Jesus has has brought us in a close position with God. What you've walked away from this, hopefully, is don't overreact. Be like God. Women, you are anointed by God to mother, to show attributes of God that only you can show because he anointed you to show that side of him. Men, I hope you got this out of it. Put your wife in this esteemed place because God esteems Eve. Your wife is not a second-class citizen in your house. So many people I know, and it's so sad, they treat their wife as something a little bit higher than the kids, but lower than them. And your life will never be what God's called it to be. You'll never get the benefit of a relationship that way. In closing with this, I hope you guys can walk away knowing Jesus Christ is Lord, and that because he's your Lord, you can walk in a biblical light to the world. If you decided to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior online, the Bible says this, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. So say this with me, I believe Jesus Christ is Lord. That's it. That means you're saved. So let's give somebody a round of applause online if they did that. We're celebrating here with you. We're so blessed that you tuned in with us. We're so blessed by you guys who came in person. It's nothing like seeing a friend in person. What we're going to do now is take up the tithes and offerings. If this is a church that you call home, if this is a church that God's called you here, planted you here, and you want to be a part of what God's doing here, every part doing its part causes growth. If you're like, hey, I'm not into tithing, guess what? It's okay. This is the only time we're going to talk about it, and we're not going to look at you weird. Or, you didn't do that. 
We don't care about the tithe as much as we care about people knowing Jesus. If you want to be about people knowing Jesus at Faith Family Church, the tithe helps pay the bills. That's all it is. I'm going to say a general prayer. You guys say a specific prayer. There's three different ways you guys can give your tithes and offerings. We got a box in the back you can drop. It's a tithes and offering box. We have a text to give, and we also have the square in the back at Connection Center. You can swipe your card. All the squares. Swipe away. Anyway, I'm going to say a general prayer. You guys say a specific prayer. And thank you again so much for coming, and happy Mother's Day. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you give seed to the sower, and I thank you that the people here have heard your message and that it's your message, not our opinion or our idea. And I thank you, Father, that the tithe goes farther than it would normally because people at Faith Family Church are about your cause, the cause of Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. Thank you. This is the end of this teaching. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay connected with our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv or like us on Facebook.